I always think of brainstorming as a two-person sport, but my guest, Carrie Anton, says that's not necessarily the case. Okay, here's the show. Welcome to More Than A Few Words, a marketing conversation for business owners. MTFW is a production of Roundpeg, and this is your host, Lorraine Ball. And today we're going to talk about one of my favorite topics, which is brainstorming and creative thinking. My guest, Carrie Anton, is the chief Wonder Woman of Wonder Idea Studios, and she has just written a new book entitled Me, Myself, and Ideas, The Ultimate Guide to Brainstorming Solo. Carrie, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you so much, Lorraine, for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, I was so excited when I saw the title of your book because I'm a big fan of brainstorming. Anybody who's kind of followed my adventures with the business knows that that was kind of in my core. But I always think of brainstorming as a group activity. And you're proposing that maybe it's not? I am. I I don't think that it's going to replace group activity of brainstorming. I think there's definitely a time and a place for that. But so many people, in fact, there are 57 million people who are working independently as freelancers just in America alone as of current count. So all of those people don't always have someone to turn to in in terms of a coworker or a group that they can pull together as you would have in a traditional business. So when you need an an idea and you're working solo, it's up to you. It falls on your shoulders. So in that situation, who, how, how are you going to brainstorm? And I found myself in that exact position as a freelance writer after having worked in a traditional business. Suddenly, I had good ideas, but not all the time. And sometimes those ideas weren't always fleshed out the way they would be after a group brainstorm. So I was tasked with figuring out how do I make the idea good and do it on my own. When you're talking about brainstorming by yourself, it, it's uh, I have this vision in my head of this little boy on a playground sort of throwing a ball over a net and there's no one there to hit it back. Exactly. So how do you, how do you approach brainstorming by yourself? What kind of things can you do to kind of give yourself that enthusiasm and that feedback and that spark? Right. So a lot of it, the way the book is broken down is actually broken down kind of how you would with a group situation, because we wanted to relate it to something people already knew. So we took the agenda from a group brainstorming activity, activity, which would include um, an introduction, icebreakers, then the brainstorm, and then a sit and simmer, which is the time that you sit with the idea, not maybe do something with it right away, and then move into that debrief section where you actually start to make some decisions. We still followed that pattern from beginning to end with the solo um, approach, but what we wanted to do was now look at it from, okay, what are you gonna do on your own? How do you do an icebreaker when you're playing two truths and a lie by yourself, right? So the idea is that you need to get into you have to move from get work done mode into creativity mode. And that's what the icebreaker, even in the group session is about. But you're already by yourself and you don't have anybody else to work with. And so instead of 
using the energy of other people, you need to get into the creative zone yourself. And so in that, we create a lot of fun, sometimes very playful activities, such as uh, there's one that's called, there's a section that's called child's play. And all of the activities that are included in that section are things that you might have done in kindergarten, um, using a magazine to create a collage, writing your name back, uh, backward. You know, it's just, there's a, it's very playful, but the idea is you want to, when you're when you're working, you're very deadline driven, right? You're trying to get tasks done. You're getting that list done. Your mind is focused, and a focused mind is not a great brainstorming mind. You need space and kind of you need to wander a bit, right? And so you got to let go of all of the tasks and start to give yourself that space. And so we use those creativity exercises as a way to get you. So those are our our, our icebreakers. You know, that reminds me, I read when I first started the business and I was working by myself for the first time, I read The Artist Way. And in that book, uh, there's a lot of those same kind of activities that take you back to when you were young or even just getting out of your office and go walk in the park for half an hour, but just something that shifts that mindset. So that icebreaker is really designed the way you're describing it, to separate the working self from the brainstorming and creative self. Yeah, and you bring up a really good point, and it's something that we tell everybody. And and just like you said, it's not something that we invented. It's actually just something that we encourage, and that's to take a hike. Because when you are stuck at your desk, there isn't much creativity there because you haven't allowed it into that space. You haven't allowed your mind to even recognize if it is there. So there's something magical, I think, about when you go for a walk that happens in fresh air. Uh, Even just a quick walk around the block or in the neighborhood, a walk that you've done, you know, a thousand times can allow your brain to start to process some of the things that you've been stuck on or creatively challenged by. And when you get home, you may find that you're just writing down a bunch of things because your head is all of a sudden your mind just sort of explodes in a sense right because you finally given your mind the space and energy it needs to do something a little bit different okay so you've gone for that walk you've spent 15 minutes coloring and drawing pictures cutting out your favorite flowers out of magazines whatever it is and you're ready to brainstorm how do you approach the brainstorming process to kind of create that unfiltered flow of ideas? Right. Well, first, it's really acknowledging what your idea objective is. Going in and just being like, well, I just need a good idea. I need the million dollar idea, but not really putting any parameters around it is going to cause you to struggle. Because in fact, constraints create creativity. There's been studies around this. In fact, they gave two groups of people, um, I believe it was two groups, maybe it was one group and they studied it in two different ways. But the idea was they gave the first group everything they needed and they found that that, to like solve the problem, and they found that that group didn't really get very creative in doing so because a sense everything they needed was inside the box. They didn't have to be inventive. But when the, uh, when the scarcity happened and they took a lot of things away, well, then all of a sudden your brain starts to kick in and say, well, how do I fill in those missing pieces? And immediately you're more creative. So in that regard, 
kind of creating some constraints of, around your idea by saying exactly what you want and what you want to come out with when you're done is a good thing. You're not you're not setting yourself up with limitations and parameters that are going to be sort of limiting in a way. Instead, you're going to find that you're going to most likely be more creative in those situations because you've caused yourself to be. You know, that's really interesting because I also have seen that from a design perspective, when you give a good graphic designer, very clear brand standards. They actually can do an amazing job, but if you get a rookie, they're going to kind of fight against the standards and try to, you know, bring in other colors and other things. And a lot of time the end result is not as usable. And the trick is that when you have those standards and certain things are taken care of or certain rules are in place, it frees you up to be creative within that smaller world. And I think you get some really great results. Definitely. And I've heard you actually talk about that in another episode. And I think you had used the example that the newbie will kind of try to create new colors in a sense, like colors that didn't exist. And that's just energy expended that's unnecessary, right? Like the experienced person knows that the best approach is the efficient approach. And so by putting those parameters in place, it's actually allowing them to work more efficiently, but that in the end, that the end goal is more effective. Awesome. Absolutely. I totally agree. All right. So we've, we've got the ideas. We've brainstormed for a while. We've got three good ideas, but we don't jump on them right away, do we? No. In fact, I, I want you to just follow the Beatles and just let it be. Uh, the idea is you don't want to just dive right in. Um, I give this example all the time that I did this in just after high school. I decided that uh, I saw a picture in a magazine of a celebrity with a cute haircut, and I immediately went out and got it, and I wore a baseball cap for about a good few weeks after that, because guess what? that celebrity and I do not look alike. We don't have the same face shape. We don't have the same hair type. And I, I also decided I'm going to use a completely new hairstylist who isn't going to talk me through it, knowing how I like to style my hair and how much work I like to do. So had I just simply stepped back and even gave it a night or a week or, you know, went in to talk to the person that I usually work with, I wouldn't have had to wear that baseball cap for so long. Um, and it's the same way with ideas. If you decide that you're going to jump right in with an idea, no matter how great it sounds in the beginning, even if you're convinced it's the million dollar idea, I encourage you to give it space because what's going to happen is if you immediately go out and buy that URL and start telling all your friends and start making the phone calls to, you know, sell it to the big person, you know, the big brands and that kind of thing, what's going to happen is, is you're going to invest your time and energy and maybe even money and you're going to feel like, ah, now I can't take a step back. I've already put myself into this. I've already started the ball rolling. Now I can't make it stop. So by giving a little bit of time, what often happens is that the idea is going to come to fruition. It's, you know, we often refer to as a, to an idea as a seed. And so we have to give that seed time to germinate, just like in nature. Uh, you have to give it nurturing and sunlight and all of those things. And in the same way with an idea, you need to give it some thought and some space and some time to grow on its own. And what will often happen is the idea is going to be better for it because it's going to present itself to you in a way that says, hey, I'm not good in this direction, but I might be good in this direction because it's going to cause you to ask questions. Um, you can do a little bit of research on it. That doesn't mean you have to completely leave the idea untouched. 
because you'll definitely want to see if somebody else has already done it, right? You don't want to waste time just sitting around doing nothing while it's already been done. But the idea is that the more you give the space, the more questions will come to mind in terms of, well, what about this? Or maybe this angle. And suddenly it's going to start to take shape and it starts to go in a, do, a, do, a new direction without you really have to, having to do all that much effort. Absolutely. Awesome. Okay. I, I I am absolutely knocked out that we have just whipped through the time. And I know there's so much more that you could actually say on this topic. But if people want to know more, they should probably get a copy of Me, Myself, and Ideas. Um, it looks like it's available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, IndieBound, and Books A Million. That is correct. All of the links can be found on my website, wonderideastudio.com, and it's available for purchase, and it's a great, it's really a great fun way to get to brainstorming all by yourself. Fantastic. Carrie, thank you so much for being a guest today. I have really enjoyed sharing a few ideas with you. <laughs> thank you so much, Lorraine. It's been a pleasure. If you've enjoyed today's conversation, be sure to look for MTFW wherever you listen to podcasts. This has been another episode of More Than A Few Words. Thanks for listening.